The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers in the trenches who are building them. I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey, and today we're going to hear the differences between a total rebrand or a brand refresh and deciding what is right for you. Okay, joining us is Amrita Martha, who is the VP of Marketing at Superside, which is a trusted by 450 ambitious companies like Amazon, Meta, Coinbase, Superside, makes decisions hassle-free for marketing creative teams. They combine the top 1% of creative talent from around the world with purpose-built technology at the rigor of design ops, and Superside helps ambitious brands basically grow faster. All right, uh, today, Amrita, Martha, and I are going to discuss total rebrand or brand refresh. Here's my conversation. Let's get into it. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. All right. Let's hear a little bit about your company because I know as marketers, we put cool content in there and copyright and what our company does. But basically, explain to me kind of your company really quick and then let's get into the brand refresh conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Superside is essentially a design company. It's a design services and tech company. We've actually tried to invent a category that we're calling creative as a service. So CAS company. And our whole value prop has kind of been built around this idea that not everyone's going to care about this, but there's a subset of companies that are trying to grow really fast and creative is the last frontier for them. And if you prioritize, if you care about speed, if you care about efficiency and you care about having a lot of flexibility and agility on your creative team and on your marketing team, then Superside is probably a better model for you than perhaps hiring internally and then perhaps a classic traditional creative agency. So we're sort of the antidote to those two incumbent models. Okay. I have to ask because I, I just want to ask questions that I think other marketing people will be asking. And I don't want sure. it to be scripted. So I mean, I've seen a lot of other design platforms like this. Yeah. Arizona company design pickle comes to mind. And then the yeah. other larger ones like 99 designs, obviously Fiverr. Others have yeah. seen, you know, influencer platform agencies, have seen a lot of other companies and programs and tech platforms try to crowdsource design talent, copywriting talent. Another friend of mine runs um, I think it was it Ad Zombies, which is kind of a copywriting tech platform. So is there any like I'm sure there is, but like what would be the differentiation for you guys versus some other people that maybe us marketers have heard of in the segment? Yeah, no, great question. I mean, first of all, the space is like super saturated and super fragmented, right? And and everything sounds like everything else. And there's like some small nuances. I'd say there's like roughly like four buckets, right? Bucket number one 
is your internal talent, your internal creative team. Bucket number two is a freelancer marketplace, which is what 99designs and Fiverr typically are. So all they are is a middleman that allows you to find talent in a quick way and hopefully gets a project or two started. So that's bucket number two, very common for for SMBs to use. Bucket number three is the typical creative agency model, but they usually... I'd say the key difference is that they usually focus on an area that they can be really good at. So you might be like great at UX or UI, like Meta Labs comes to mind, or you might be particularly good at social campaigns, or maybe you're super niche and only do TikTok, right? Or something like that. So there's all these like different varieties of creative agencies. And then there's like this fourth bucket, which is like sort of like, um, let's just say, very broad-based design company. Maybe copywriting is included in that. Maybe it's not but it's subscription-based. And that in itself actually is a very growing, massively growing category. There's all these companies that you've mentioned that have joined that, but they're all fairly wildly different models. So just as an example, Design Pickle suggests that for a flat fee, so there's a flat fee, all-you-can-eat model. It's like very much like going to a sushi place, right? Like 30 bucks, all-you-can-eat, same kind of thing. So you go to Design Pickle, it's like their pricing starts at something like 500 bucks technically, quote-unquote, unlimited design. But the reality is that it's usually one designer allocated to each customer. And obviously, it's like a queue. And I'm not sure. I I don't want to comment on their product, but I don't think they have a full range of design and creative capabilities. I believe it's somewhat limited. Superside, on the other hand, is not this like concept of unlimited. We don't subscribe to that. It just makes kind of no sense that you could do unlimited for any amount of money. But we do believe that... It's complete bullshit. Yeah. If something's definitely too good to be true, so obviously it's bullshit. Yeah, it is. I I mean, it's it's a marketing ruse, and I appreciate that, and I get that they're trying to create like some dynamism in, in in their positioning. But our point of view is that there's a subset of companies and brands that just have just for the lack of a better word, like so much velocity and so much shit to do, and they just need to ship constantly, and they need to do a lot of this stuff in parallel. And no matter how good they are at road mapping and planning, sometimes shit just hits the fan and they just need a team and maybe some tech to help them do that, right? So a lot of our customers are exactly this type of... Like, I'll just use Shopify as an example. They're a big customer of ours. There's been weeks where they've come to us and said, we need 45 versions of this Facebook ad, right? And it's like... And like they want to like they throw like something like ten million dollars a month just on Facebook. I think it's more actually. It's I, I think it started off at ten, but it's more. So the variety of testing that they're doing and the velocity and the pace at which they're doing testing is next level. And like they can't do that with their own internal team. So they made the decision that the test and learn loop for their performance marketing team was so different than their brand team and so different from their product design team that they said, okay, we're going to use Superside for their performance marketing specifically. Everything else they do internally, but specifically for this, I'm going to carve that out. I'm going to give the growth team this arm that they've grown to kind of like scale up and down as they need and just do like crazy shit and ship a lot. That's exactly where we come in. And it sounds like you have a mix of in-house and freelance kind of model, or is it all freelance with like a project manager? It's uh, not freelance. So every single person at our company is employed by Superside. We find them in emerging markets. Our, our model is sort of like, I joke with our CEO, it's like ethical cost arbitrage to some degree. So we find top talent in emerging markets. So Brazil, South Africa, Argentina, you name it, right? And we upskill them. 
bring them on to an account or two, usually not spanning more than a couple of accounts. And sometimes we rotate them between accounts, but usually staffing each dedicated team that we pull together for a customer with the right set of capabilities. So again, just using the Shopify example, because they're so deep on ad creative, everybody on that team, other than the creative director, is someone who has in some way or form worked on performance marketing in the past. And ad creative is like their main thing. They could be a video person or an animator, but very aligned with ad creative. You could be a static illustrator, but aligned with ad creative. So that's kind of how we staff teams. But, but they're all employees. Are people in emerging markets? Full-time people? Full-time people in emerging markets. Essentially, like if you think about it, like we've bought out 100% of their work time. Yeah. And some of our creatives do other side stuff, right? Like we don't care about that. Like you want to work 150 hours a week? What do we care? Like do whatever you want. That's really cool. I do like that model better. The accountability of, you know, I run a bunch of different creative agencies, but our main agency is where we're, I do like the full-time model and subbing freelancers, like call it an 80-20 model of full-time versus freelance and having that accountability to get shit done for your clients. And then, of course, I love your specialized approach to something. So obviously, performance marketing being kind of your thing. Okay, I totally understand your agency now. Sorry, I'd like to deep dive into that. Yeah, no, it's important. It's a differentiator for us. And But anyway, there's so much... This relates to this brand thing that we're going to talk about. And I, I just want to preamble by saying that we recognized early, but didn't know what to do about it. But more so now in the last year, we recognized that there's so much noise in this space mm-hmm. and everything just sounds the same. And so it was very important for us to differentiate ourselves from these like all you can eat services and like these agencies yeah. that claim the same type of stuff. Oh, there's not that much di- difference between retainer and subscription or whatever, right? So to cut that, we've invented this term called creative as a service, CAS. And that's the brand for us. For us, like everything brand-related stems from our positioning. That makes sense. I will say that I think the investment bankers that work with us and position us really want this kind of ownable IP and tech kind of platform e kind of speak. So as I think a byproduct of that, I go to all these creative and marketing events all over the world and I'm having a hard time differentiating different partners, whether I'm representing brands as a consultant or whether I'm representing our agencies and looking for other tech-infused partners or just creative partners and collaborators. And everyone is some tech platform. It's like, no, you're an influencer agency. You're not a tech platform. And how is your influencer <laughs> different? Are you more on the, you know, are you more yeah. on the ambassador side and affiliate marketing? Are you are you more a media company? Like are you someone that sometimes is, they don't know. Sometimes they don't even know. (laughs) It's crazy, you know, and it's kind of a weird world. So I agree with you. (laughs) Some of us have partnerships with each other. Some some of us are, you know, direct to brands. Like it's just, it's all over the, it's chicken noodle soup of of stuff. But I do want to ask, and it's come up recently, and I I guess I'm not even going to talk about our topic that we said we were going to, you know, screw it. And it's come up more. I mean, you probably saw Levi's most recent campaign with AI generated models. I thought that was freaking fascinating. Certainly into a, an approach of, of really being able to source the diversity of, of talent from a model standpoint, which I thought was really cool. But man, are we in a world now, like where do you see AI going? I mean, talk about the CAS system you're in. You know, in our company, I have an AI task force and I'm learning everything I can. And like, okay, how many 
you know, what does the world look like with AI in this profession? Do you, do you have a point of view there? And what have you guys seen? And oh, I'm freaking, I didn't even see the like model creation like that. That was, you know, I didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't see it going into that, not into production and, and media, of course, but like, I was like, oh shit, like they're AI, you know, producing people. Like that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, but not that crazy in some ways, right? Because really what they've done is used AI to do production at scale. So some humans have thought about what the campaign strategy is. Some humans have thought about the strategic and creative approach and then to scale the production part of it. So you don't have to go out and do a casting call and blah, 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 and all of that stuff. They've scaled that execution piece, as I think of it, through AI, which is totally where AI is going to be helpful. Like you want to create whatever, 50 versions of the same model, but with diverse looks and heights and hair and whatever, you know, maybe you want a paraplegic model or whatever, AI can absolutely help you do the execution piece. But I personally think that it's not going to be at the stage where it can do, I know for the lack of a better phrase, but like campaign strategy and creative thinking. I agree with you. I do think I view it because I'm heavily involved in our media business and media business. And so we've seen AI in that business forever. And it's not a big deal. Like we've been talking about for 10 years in, in media planning and buying and execution. I love what you said, which is it's creative production at scale and giving you options and optimization, of course, which is how we think of it from a media standpoint. So that totally makes sense. And I also think the other application, at least what I'm seeing in our agencies, is getting some lower level work done faster or and starting projects faster. And I think it's also a good learning tool for people in the business that need to get information fast, you need to gather information and insight fast. So I do think yeah. it's it's helping scale strategy at, at maybe some point and helping even develop things for mid and lower level people in the business faster. But I agree in terms of the creative thinking and the creative strategy, the differentiation. I know there's been examples of that. I think they're a little hokey personally, but that's where it's going. So I've done my own experiments just on that note, you know, where I'll ask ChatGPT, hey, build me a campaign strategy specifically for X channel using what whatever brand has done in the past, right? That's what I'll, I'll say, go find what Kleenex has done or watch whatever random CPG brand has done or vitamin water has done and try to apply it to my business in this way. And it's, it's, it's actually brilliant. Like when you first read it, you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. And then you realize no one's going to give a shit because first of all, it's been done before and it's like a trope, right? It's like, new, you know, when you watch a movie where you know what the end is going to be or who killed the bad guy, you know, like you kind of know because you've seen it multiple times before and that's, partly what's I think going to happen with AI that I don't know that it's yet at the stage where it's actually doing original thinking. It's applying old frameworks and or established frameworks to like slightly newer problems, perhaps. Yeah. And you can argue, I think, is there original thinking, even though we think it's original? Like maybe it's been done a, a lot of times. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've made major pitches and like the people I've talked to on the inside later, like, Dude, like everyone came up with the exact same idea. I'm like, well, obviously, because it's where we should be going, right? And anyway, but I just think some fascinating points. I think of it like the SEO business where everyone was blogging. Totally. Key terms, submittal, and all this shit. And then like once everyone was doing it, then like Google's like, nah, like this isn't gonna be how we're ranking anymore. And everyone's like, oh yeah. shit. You know, and then it was like, okay. Now everyone's creating content to get eyeballs and to get more followers and to get SEO rankings and 
you know, everyone was doing PR and content together. And like, you know, like there's always the next thing. And then like, once that's a thing, then like you need to have differentiation. So I think continued differentiation and original thinking and creative and strategy that certainly is evolved around some sort of consumer insight, it will still be what wins. You will just have tools that help you scale it. And once those tools are at scale and everybody's doing it, then it's onto the next kind of kind of thing. And so I think of it like that. So I think there's gonna be so much AI content generated and so much AI strategy generated that then it won't be it won't have any value. Yeah. No, I'm awaiting the content tsunami to hit us. It's coming. I mean it's already here, but it's it's coming. It's gonna be like 10x. And there's gonna be so much noise that your to your point, differentiation is going to be key. And I think consumers are actually going to turn off their devices and their brains a little bit to like stuff that just doesn't pass the sniff test. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. The world doesn't need more shitty content. And that's what I think AI is going to generate is more shitty content. And so what's the next original thing out there that has distribution and virality to it? I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. And I think it's a real opportunity and yet a challenge for the industry. So I know we went on a freaking tangent. No, it's good. It's an important discussion. Everyone's wondering and talking about the same stuff, right? Yeah, I I couldn't believe... I mean, just AI, AI, AI. And I get it. I think truly we are sitting here where, you know, when Meta came out and VR and AR, we're like, yeah, that's cool. There's definitely applications. But it wasn't like, oh man, AI is like, whoa, like there's like... Is going to fundamentally change. No, it's a step change. Yeah. No, it's a massive step change for humanity. You know, if you just extrapolate out, this is so geeky of me, but I'll just say it. I grew up watching <laughs> Star Trek Next Generation, that one specifically. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but basically, like, there's like this utop- utopia, right? It's like this world where there's no hunger, there's no poverty. And in theory, humanity can do whatever they want to do. And they're moral compass and like the kinds of things that they chose chose to explore in that series is like so beyond where we are today as a humanity like imagine if there's no poverty or just imagine the simple concept of no one has to work for money anymore imagine you could do whatever the hell you want in your day you want to waste it you want to apply that to the betterment of society whatever it is imagine you could do whatever you want because you don't have to work for money don't you think like in some ways, AI could actually help us get to that utopia. And then we're actually like bettering ourselves every single day. Like I could learn an instrument. I could whatever. I mean, there's just so much that I could do if I didn't have this pressure of earning money or this concept of work or any of this. Amrita, what were they doing? I didn't watch that episode. I want to. Like what like what were the people because there was no money? What like so what was the society? The whole show was just following this group of people that ended up doing space exploration. So they had this like galaxy starship that they would like explore new worlds and they would encounter all these weird beings and they would learn from them and vice versa. And it was mainly that. So it, it promoted people to explore like that because there was no need to make money and food and everything. That's the metaphor. Oh, that's cool. Okay. 
that's going to wrap up uh, this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. And this is how we do it over here. We just we just roll with what is vibing <laughs> and what we're going to learn with. And I want to put myself in your shoes and be like, okay, what do people want to know? And where is this conversation going? And what can we learn? Huge thank you to Amrita for joining us, VP of Marketing at Superside for joining us. So in part two of this interview, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go brand refresh or rebrand. And then we're going to have a third part where we're going to talk about pioneering brand designs for Google, Amazon, Epic Games, Salesforce. I mean, obviously, we've got a superstar from Superside. Uh, see, how we, see what we did right there? Around really performance digital creative, which we all are in this world. So we're going to pick her brain on that in the third episode. And the second episode right now, we're going to, uh, when we come back, get into brand refresh or rebrand. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. You didn't have a chance to take notes. Of course, we're going to have all of it at therebrandpod.com. We'll have all the episodes, all the information on guests, everything's there. Of course, subscribe. We're building this marketing community, which you've probably heard before. We want to get better every day at marketing and, and just have intimate conversations about the business and continue probably getting some validation, but also learning. You can find all our show stuff on social media. You can find me probably the easiest. It's just Scott Harkey. And then on Twitter, I'm SharkyAZ. So you can please reach out. I put out some content. Hopefully some of it's good. Probably some isn't, but we're learning. We'll get better, which is the name of the game. And again, subscribe, please. If there's other people on your team and junior, mid-level, and we don't have the patience anymore to go through a whole marketing book on the New World's podcast. So let's get that 20 minutes of just learning in our car or maybe in our sauna and let's get better. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, rebrand, or reboot. Thanks for joining us.